You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Wayne Herring. He is founder of Business Builder Camp. We're going to talk to him about that work he does with business owners, helping them figure out their business, their business strategy. How are they going to be successful leaders? How are they going to be successful people? I'm excited about this. I always love talking with other coaches, particularly coaches that have really figured out their area of focus, who they want to work with, how they help them. Wayne certainly has done that. He's got a great story. He's got some great work that he does. And I'm excited to have this conversation about leadership, about business and business ownership. So with that, Wayne, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Bruce. I appreciate it. Good to be with you today. Yeah, well, thanks for being on it. So let's talk a little bit about background first. How did you get into coaching? How did you get into working with business owners? What was the story? What was the background? Sure. Well, by by training, I'm an engineer. So I went to school and did civil engineering. I did some design, build, construction, and sales. And eventually, I realized that I wasn't very into sitting in an office and doing calculations. I'm sure glad that people do that (laughs) type of work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I realized I love the sales part of it and I love the managing projects. And I had an opportunity to join my my father in a business that he had started about 12 years prior. And so I, I left engineering, went over there and led the sales and marketing team. And we uh, grew the company significantly, about doubled the size, added a lot of people, went through an acquisition by a private equity group, and then eventually exited, uh, sold the company to a publicly traded firm. And what had happened was I met my first, I didn't even know that coaching was a thing, right? Like, I mean, I knew about baseball mm-hmm. coaches, but yeah, I, I didn't know about coaches, consultants. <laughs> <laughs> but I met a guy named Warren Lewis who was a Sandler sales trainer and my dad brought him in. It was a really sure. smart move on on his part to help us work together, the two of us, and to train my team and to make sure that I got integrated properly into the business. So when we eventually exited and I was sitting in my kitchen deciding what is the next chapter going to be, and I had the yellow legal pad out on a you know four thirty on a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we we're, were farming at the time too, and I knew the farm wasn't going to pay the bills. So I was like, "All right, what am I going to do? We got four kids." Yeah, and I thought I want to be like Warren Lewis. Oh, I've always really, I really admired what he does. I, I love what he did with my team, and uh-huh. I loved how my people would talk about the impact that he had made in their lives. So I thought I want to yeah. be like Warren Lewis. I don't know how to do that, but I think he'll help me. Yeah. So that's that's how it started. And I asked him, yeah. first of all, did he think I could do it? Because the four kids and the 20-acre farm and the mortgage and everything. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a good question. 
do you think I can do it? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, and what yes. did he say? He, yeah. He said, yes. <laughs> if you listen he didn't, to he me. Didn't, he didn't pull the consultant answer. <laughs> no, he's a pretty, he's a pretty firm kind of like no BS in your face kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, yes, you can. If you listen to me. <laughs> Excellent. And, and you did mostly have listened to him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, we've no, done good. it. Well, and I like the um, kind of getting into the profession of coaching because of the insight that you saw you had on the company level. I, I think a lot of a lot of people come into coaching because of kind of the experiences they've had as a leader, and you know, wanting to kind of um, get sort of more of that or kind of teach and train. I think it's poignant that you've kind of really saw it from the impact side of of how you saw a coach's ability to really kind of guide and direct and, and have an impact in, in terms of, you know, people and the work that they do and why they do it and, you know, the satisfaction, the engagement that they're going to get out of it. I mean, I, that's, there's a huge world of coaching. <laughs> how, how did right. you go from, I want to be a coach to what you're doing today? Cause to what you're doing today is reasonably specific. Right. It's been a journey for six and a half years for sure. But the way I started, when I say I wanted to be like Warren Lewis, I mean, I really asked him, what do I do? And it was good that I had him, I trusted him, right? And he sort of grabbed me by the collar and said, come on, this is what we're going to do. And there's a, an email that I have that I've saved that I call my Warren email. And it was two pages of do this, do this, do this, right down to you know, open a business bank account, form an LLC, figure out how to take credit cards from people. And then somewhere in there it said, and anytime you need me, talk to me. And he guided me through making my first proposals to business owners. And he made me believe that it was easy for me. And it was. It was easier, far faster than I would have thought because I just went out and asked business owners, hey, what's going on? And because I, you know, my dad and I in the business, it wasn't always Shangri-La, it wasn't always super easy. But one mm-hmm. gift he gave me as a coach was it's my dad. My dad was the CEO of a $25 million company, but he's just my dad. And I yeah. love CEOs, but they're not, they're people too, turns out. And if I mm-hmm. listen and ask some questions, I can help them. So that's, that's how I got started mm-hmm. with, with Warren. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And I love that uh, kind of curiosity approach. It's just like I always say that the best coaches are master questioners. <laughs> they come up with the right question at the right time to get people to think in the right way and create the right focus. Yeah, for sure. And you have to get you have to get out of yourself and be totally mm-hmm. in that person's world. And boy, in the beginning, this wasn't easy, but you have to get out of your own way and away from the fear and like, how are they, what are they thinking about me right now and all that stuff and be able to really see it through their eyes and kind of go for it without almost being attached to the outcome as you ask questions mm-hmm. and work yeah. to help them. Yeah. I'm curious in terms of your experience being coached, what did you take from kind of being on the coach E side of things? In terms of as you've gone into coaching that you've tried to keep in mind, that you've made sure that you remember, that has been kind of insightful, how has being on the the one side informed the work that you do and the sort of strategies you use on the coach side? Wow, you're like blowing my head up with all these different possibilities of things you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great questioning. So Warren Lewis was the first coach I ever had, right? And so certainly Uh I think all the time about 
he was available for me. He didn't always have the right answer, but he, if I had an employee did something stupid and I had to try to figure out what do I do? He answered the phone or at least, you know, return the call a couple hours later. So I want to do that for my clients. And then I think one thing you bring up is since I became a coach, I've been coached a lot and I've, it's been a constant investment of time and money and trying to play with different coaches who would bring out different things in me. And that was part of what you took me down in my head with the question, talking to my wife. So family and business mix all the time. And of course, that's part of my work right now with my clients. And talking to my wife about Mm -hmm. how I'm a coach, but I want to pay for coaching, even though we're not bringing in a a lot of money yet, was a (laughs) rough conversation. (laughs) Oh, I've had that conversation many times. <laughs> yeah, she's good with it now. And I, I don't know if it's because we've navigated those, you know, stormy waters or if it's because there is more money coming in now, which certainly makes it easier yeah. than, than it was a while ago. But the other thing I, you had me thinking, I one time I, I did a short little video about how to be coached, Bruce, and it, but it wasn't yeah. with a coach. Ooh, it was, yeah. <laughs> was sitting outside my therapist's office. And yeah. I was getting ready to go in for an appointment, and and that's when I recorded it. I'm not going to grab it because it'll make noise. But I literally have a leather-covered journal that says being coached. And I only use that for when I meet with my guy, Jim, who does have a couch, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or in a mastermind group or group coaching program or when I'm working with a coach. So when I was sitting I like there... It. Getting ready to go into that therapy session, what I was doing is I got there early and I would always read the notes from the last time and then jot down what are some things that I've made progress on and what do I want to talk to him about this time. And then, of course, during the work with him, I would I would be making notes. And at the end, I would always end up with, you know, these are one, two or three things that I plan to take action on. Sometimes he gave me homework and sometimes I made it myself because I knew this is what I want to leave and go work on. Yeah. So I guess, how do you do that self-reflection? I'm kind of curious what the process is, you know, for you personally in terms of, you know, when, when you are sort of self-coaching or coaching yourself or, or preparing to be coached, Right. what are the questions you ask or what is the mindset you get in? Or Because I, I think this would be really helpful for folks that are thinking about having a coach or have a coach and are thinking about how do I get the most out of it? You know, how do you prepare for a coaching session? Sure. Well, there's some coaching consulting that is more prescriptive and comes at us in a five-step program to get some outcome. And I've, I've done that, and that's really useful. This type of work that I'm doing a lot of times with people that are coaching me or the, the work that I was doing with the therapist that day is not doesn't really fit in to that type of a five-step program. So... What I do is, for example, I was going to work with Jim at that very time in my life. On I was going there proactively. Like I've had times I've gone to my family therapist because I thought I needed some work with how I was relating to my wife. I've gone there in the past because Mm of bluntly some addiction. You know, I quit drinking quite a long time ago, and that's Mm -hmm. how I first met him. So those were the reasons. It was reactive. But this particular time when I was working with Jim, it was really proactive and I was I had you know the wheel of life is a common coaching tool and we use that in business builder camp I think it's from coactive coaching is 
a company that puts it out there and you can find it in the public space. But yeah. I wanted to I wanted to live that, you know, be focused on different slices or dimensions of life. And so I was being proactive at, at that point. So the preparation was, what do I want? It's like the classic, how are things now? And how do I want things to be? What am I visualizing? What am I dreaming of? And, you know, you work with service-based businesses and many of these people are, they're doing that because they get some kind of an idea in their mind about what they want to create. And it's it's like being an artist almost, right? And like painting on a blank mm-hmm. canvas. But the tools or the the artistic tools are not a brush and oil paints. It's things that you help them with, like setting up automations and processes and systems. And it's people and it's funding from wherever you can get it. Or it's uh, yep, using marketing tools. Exactly. Yeah, so they're kind of dreaming that up and and painting. And, and in that case with Jim, I was dreaming up envisioning what would I like to happen in life so that I could live intentionally. So those are the things I would write down. You know, how do I, I feel like I'm getting in my own way of this particular outcome. Or I wonder how I might relate to my teenage daughters better because that seems to be causing some friction. And I would just write topics mm-hmm. like that down. And then that's that's what I would take into that. And I like that idea of, and I certainly, I've done lots of therapy work, and I like that idea of it's not always a problem. It's not always like, oh, okay, I've got some issue that I can't figure out and I need, you know, a therapeutic process to help. You know, this idea of, you know, proactive and, you know, things are good, but I want to make them great. How can I use, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's therapy or coaching or anything to actually achieve higher levels of success? Talk to me about how you've translated or as a coach, how do you kind of think about, I guess, position or talk to your clients about the, hey, We've got a problem we need to fix versus, you know, things are going well, that could, but they could be even better. Let's figure out how do we, how do we add here? You know, it's not just about fixing things, I guess, is what I mm-hmm. find about coaching. Sometimes, you know, things are good, but we want to make them great. How can I do even more work? How can I invest in that process and get that support and get that structure and get that help? How do you kind of talk with your clients about that? Sure. You know, one of the things that comes up for me is this idea of the best keep getting better and people it's almost like there's certain people have unfair advantages or something because how in the world do they keep, not that they never fail, but they keep managing. If they do fail, they get up and they keep going and progressively there's more and more success. And I don't think that for the most part, a business that is in a really broken down state, they don't often exactly seek out coaching. It's, it is normally people that want to get even better or are never satisfied. They always want to do more. They, they always want to get more you know, better systems processes. So in my world, the way that we approach that is we have a rhythm and a frequency, not unlike what you would do with, I think, scaling up and rocks and OKRs. I'm familiar with some of those, you know, I'm familiar with those things from clients working with consultants. But in life, we do similarly when we're looking at a 360-degree view of the business and life and adventure and family and all these things, we can go through the same process. So we do January, May, September as a period where we take inventory of where we're at and then take a look at where we want to be through the next after the next period of time. And so by getting people in a place where they can slow down and get out a piece of paper with me, if I'm one-on-one or with other people, or even because they're part of 
an email list where they get an email that says, hey, how about you sit down and take some time today and take stock, take inventory in the business and in life and the intersection of those two. That's where it starts if it's about being proactive and not being reactive, I think is by taking inventory. Yeah, yeah. I think so often people are focused on kind of what's next and forward facing and trying to achieve new things. This whole idea of kind of taking stock of, okay, well, what have, what have we completed? What have we not completed? Right. What have we learned? What do we want to keep? What do we want to shed? I think one of the most powerful questions I find as a coach is, what do we need to stop doing? <laughs> right? Before we yeah. start thinking about all these things we're going to start doing, like, like what are we going to shed? Like, what are we going to just let go? Because we got to make space for these new things. Definitely. Warren Lewis one time said to me, he's like, hey, Herring, you know what? You're a guy that doesn't need a to-do list. You need a not to-do list. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, would, I'd, I should do that more with, with a couple of clients because it's just, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get, you know, wanting to get all these things done and, you know, get excited about new initiatives, new goals, new projects you want to undertake. And it's like this list, just, they grow faster than they get completed. Sure. And those things yeah. are great. I had a guy one time, Bruce, where we made... A, I learned this from Taki Moore, who is a guy I was in one of his group coaching oh, programs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh-huh. know Taki? Yeah, I do know Taki, yeah. Yeah, like coach, marketing guru, coach for coaches. And I had that book, by the way, and I uh-huh. when I used to go to his sessions when I was in his Black Belt program, I would always read it on the plane, what I had written 90 days prior. And again, that rhythm was really good. But anyway, he introduced yeah. me to this idea of kind of drawing an upside down triangle and running things that you're considering doing through that almost like a funnel and run it through a decision mm-hmm. process. And one of the things was that the last step was, is it a priority? Does this opportunity that's coming out fit our priorities? Or does this idea fit our priorities? And he said, if it doesn't, we should put it on the someday maybe list. Someday maybe I'll do that and mm-hmm. write it down. So I had a client I was working with one time that we literally took a piece of flip chart paper and we just had it on the back of his door and his, he was an insurance agent. And so we had it on the back of his door and when he would close his door to his office, he could see that. Someday maybe. And it had all these, all these ideas, all these things he was going to do, mm-hmm. right? So. Well, and that's a powerful, psychologically, that's a powerful strategy because it's, they don't want to let them go, right? Because somehow they have some connection to them. But it's, but it can't disrupt the current plan. So by putting it on that list, it's great because you're basically telling your mind, I'm not forgetting about it. Like, we're remembering it. Don't worry. It's on there. We're just not doing it now. <laughs> so you kind of pacify your, like, your subconscious somehow, but you stay focused on what you need to be doing right now. Totally. We have to trick our subconscious often. Yeah, no, you're oh, absolutely are, right. All the time. Yeah. All the time. I, I always find coaching it. is essentially, <laughs> well, well, it's strategic. You know, it's like you're being <laughs> compa- it's compassionate. I like but it. But it's, you know, it's intentional. And, and I think that is one of the challenges we have as humans because we, we assume that we have complete facility and control over all of our thinking and motivations, everything like that. And I think the moment you realize that we have we have all sorts of things that drive us that we are completely unaware of, don't have any direct control over, the sooner we appreciate that and realize we have to use these strategies to kind of keep ourselves focused. And if we really want to kind of keep aligned in all sorts of ways, we have to address that, acknowledge that is 
kind of a fundamental, I think, of, of performance coaching. Oh, well, you're so right. Tell me a little bit more about, tell me about, yeah, I know you've, you've made the decision as a coach to focus on working with men, working with business owners. Tell me a little bit about how you've kind of defined, you know, your, the client, your focus, your client, your target customer, and in terms of both the kind of demographic and psychographic, like what, it, you know, mm-hmm. externally, what do they look like, but also like what are the, the values, motivations, you know, things that really define, you know, the, the people you work with. And then let's talk a little bit about kind of how you work with them, why you work with them, kind of the actual mechanics. Sure. I've done every, I think in the last six and a half years, I've done almost, it feels like everything, leadership training, sales training, sales two-day retreats, and anything that was like what I've done in the in the business world, because yeah. I have four kids and I have 20 acres. And <laughs> if I can be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so it is, if I, if I can be pouring into people and, the, and they find it to be valuable and it helps them in their business and their life grow, that's great. So I've been yeah. through all that. And part of what had happened, though, is, of course, I, I, was, I was kind of full with, full with one-on-one clients and, and love them and love what we're doing. But energetically, you know this, it's, you can only carry so many very deep, specific, wide yeah. uh, relationships with business owners. At least I can because of the way that I'll jump in with them one-on-one. And yeah. the voices are around me, of course, like, hey, you, you should niche. And I'm, by and large, I don't think you have to. There's a school of thought. I studied with Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin, who wrote The Prosperous Coach. And a big mm-hmm. part of their message is just like Warren Lewis, the way he got me started is you can have a handful of clients as a, as a business coach, life coach, and you can get that to know that handful of clients very well. And you don't need funnels and you don't need fancy anything. Just just help them. Mm -hmm. But there's always been a desire to impact more people, be able to leverage some of what I'm putting out into the world so that it helps more people. It had the the farm business here that you know we were growing and and doing and and I stopped because I wanted to do coaching consulting. I like having a business. I loved when we were building and scaling a sales team. So out of necessity, I've I've watched for that, watched for who to work with, and it was a tough decision because some of my favorite one-on-one clients have been women entrepreneurs and business builders. Mm-hmm. But I have a handful of clients who fit that psychographic demographic and that I realized I was talking about them a lot to my wife about things that were open and okay to talk about. Like, hey, you know, Jack's two boys, they all went camping this weekend because they were, he started, you know, was messaging me things like this. Jack Jostis is a guy who's in, he wrote a book called Get Found Online while we were coaching together. He punched that out, got it done. And he's built this digital marketing agencies for landscapers. And he has two boys and and he works real hard at that. And I found us talking about that as well as kicking butt in business. And I, I found like he's got a beard. I can't grow a beard, but I admire like manly men that can grow a beard. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we've gone, we've gone, he and I have gone hunting together. We've been on hikes when we've been live together coaching. And I've done some sessions for him and his wife together to help them plan the mm-hmm. following year for vacations and living intentionally. And how do they want to give money and where and how does the business come in and how they talk about the business because she's been around the whole time and she's listened to him the whole time as he's worked to build this thing. And when the crap hit the fan and there's nobody to look at a stack of resumes, guess who's looking at him? Kara. 
right? So that's yeah. th- that's partially how I've gotten to who is is it focused on by my brand business builder camp is by figuring out who I you know really get excited about and how we've gone beyond. I don't want to say just building the business because I love build, <laughs> building businesses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's part of how we got. And then we did an event where, look, I've been part of mastermind groups myself. I'm going back into Aaron Walker, View from the Top's mastermind for the third time because it's been helpful every time I've been in it. And I like being around other people who push me. I've been in group programs with a bunch of other coaches, including Taki Moore. And whenever I hang out with other sharp people it always you know propels me forward so we did a i wanted to gather my guys together so we rented a house in gettysburg pennsylvania near the battlefield and i had nine guys come and we just ate great food and were around the campfire and went to a little round top together and we talked a lot about business opportunities and challenges and we talked a lot about what it's like to also you work to be a dad and we talked about the the guy you know who had gone and and climbed mount denali and just on and on the things that they wanted to create in the world and i loved it so yeah just just observing what fires me up bruce is is what has gotten me here yeah yeah I, yeah and i find that um paying attention you know, just kind of creating creating that attention, that focus to be able to say, yeah, what what am I engaged in? Yeah, what's what's lighting me up? Where do I feel like I'm, you know, in my doing my best work? You can do that as a coach, you do that as a business owner, you do that as a parent, <laughs> you do that as a spouse. Right. I mean, it's kind of you know, it's kind of a lesson in life. And so now, in terms of the the programs that you run, tell us about Business Builder Camp. Like, what, it, what is there a particular format, or how are you kind of? I guess how have you developed the program and the the you know kind of curriculum things like that? Tell us about how that experience works. Well, I can tell you that for a moment, the we're in the times of coronavirus and weirdness and trying to all yeah. figure out how that all plays out. That that's a little bit of an impact in in planning, but we're back on track. Sure. And but, so, Business Builder Camp is the brand, and and it's how I bring what I call my guys together, my business owners, the the guys that are building businesses. But that collection has a couple of different programs within it, which are ways to serve people, ways to connect them, ways to get them on that rhythm, the 120-day rhythm that I was talking about of take inventory, set projects for the following period of time. Mm-hmm. So we've got a base camp level, which is where people are involved in the the process and they're connected to the other people and that we're just building that. That's a new offering for me. But we have that as an entry level so that they can get a journal, they can get a 120-day plan, get it old school in the mail and follow the process and have a way on Slack to connect with other guys. And then in the middle is a mastermind and group coaching program with seven people in a pod so that... I'm able to work using the same format and the same structure with that group and get them connected really close together. And then at the top of it is I'm continuing to do one-on-one work. I do love that. It's just like I say, there's only so many people that I can put on my bulletin board because I literally have a, that might sound creepy, but I have a bulletin board. (laughs) I'm looking around. A bulletin board with guys, like with pictures on of guys and their their business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, 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 it's only like a, couple- a crime scene movie of some sorts, but yeah. 
yeah, it's my bulletin board, and I'm putting up all these little <laughs> newspaper clippings and all the things they accomplish. Long as, <laughs> no, long but as, I, as long as people don't have access through them. <laughs> no, we don't have any of that. We don't have any of that. But that's partially because when it when it comes to the one-on-one work, I, I view that as being, I'm in their life, I'm in their world, whatever it is I can do to go find answers for challenges or the things I can do to support them, I want to do that. So within within Business Builder Camp, those guys are there too. And so last last year in May, we did a turkey hunt at a at a lodge in New York and gathered up it was what was those one-on-one clients that I was working with. And they didn't all go hunting and that's okay. Um, but they all like being mm-hmm. at a place where they could eat ribeye steak and homemade pizza in a lodge and hang out with other business building dudes. And some of them were really happy that they didn't have to get up at three thirty in the morning. So, so all those <laughs> things, <laughs> they, they all pulling that together is, is what business builder camp is. I love it. I love it. Wayne, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about Business Builder Camp, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, so we created a page for your listeners and to make it easy. And it's businessbuildercamp.com forward slash S, S is in Sam, US, right? Like scaling up services. And we put my contact information there. And we also put, there's, if people sign up for the email list, they're going to go through a five day kind of drip sequence to get to know us a little bit better. But I have in there Dropbox links for uh, the documents that we use as part of that 120-day planning process, like a great big architectural size plan sheet to lay out what they what they want to create in life and in business. And so those things are all there at forward slash SUS. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll make sure that the link is in the show notes so people can click through and get that. Wayne, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today, sharing your story, the work that you do. It's been a real pleasure. Well, thanks for what you do. I've enjoyed listening to some of your episodes leading up to this. So thanks for having me. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.